You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my always lovely other half, Dr. Jess. Hello. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm kind of like I'm on top of the world because my work is getting back to normal. Uh, I got to host a couples retreat last weekend over in the UK, and that felt so damn good. I mean, you were there, you know. You weren't at the retreat, but you were at the bar after with me. (laughs) Yeah, and you were definitely in great spirits. And I got to walk around London, which was amazing because London is an amazing city. It really is a cool city. All the marble they took from all over the world made it a beautiful, beautiful place, a story for another day. But yeah, I'm feeling really good. It feels just, and I'm sure everybody's having kind of small victories as we slowly, very, very slowly inch our way back to some normalcy, depending on where where folks are living. And uh, yeah, I guess we, we probably get these glimmers of hope or excitement. And then I'm sure there are, of course, setbacks as well. But I'm also off to Boston tomorrow for... Harvard Sex Week. I just want to walk around and ask if anybody's passed gas because I love the Boston accent. Did anybody fat? I botted. I fatted. I botted. I'm just going to walk around asking people to pull my finger all weekend. We have some cousins. Well, I don't think if they pull your finger, they're also going to say fart. <laughs> I will prompt them to say it because it's amazing and I love it. And I don't know why I don't know this, the statue that people pee on. My mom was telling me. My mom's so funny, eh? Listening to my mom speak. So Brandon asked her tonight if she'd like a, an espresso. No, if she wanted a little bit of um, Irish cream in her espresso. And what does she say? Just a tip. Just the tip. <laughs> she says just a tip, but it sounds like just the tip. I love your mom. And she says it innocently. She really doesn't mean it. It's like, hey, MJ, what's your favorite type of, of coat. I like sheared. I love sheared beaver. I'm like, of course you love sheared beaver. It's your favorite. I love you. You're amazing. Just let's talk. Is it Toby from Arrested Development who's always accidentally saying the perverted stuff? Is that his name? The never nude guy? Oh, I don't know his name. I, I think I have his name wrong. But anyhow, the never nude. That's my mom. <laughs> Not that she's never nude. I, I, I mean, my parents were nude growing up. Okay. I'm wow, just... this is going in a different direction here. So it, it's, it clearly it, it it passes from generation. You're going to go down this rabbit hole. Did you, were your parents naked growing up? Oh, now we're going to, we're going to go there. Yeah. I mean, from time to time they were for sure, Okay. but it wasn't, it wasn't like walking around in the nude, letting your junk hang out. No, but cause some parents are really like some people grew up with parents who really, really hid their bodies. Okay. I know that's a story for another yeah. day and uh, I'm really excited to chat with somebody very special to me today. So Luna Matadas is a sex and pleasure educator. She is brilliant. She is funny. She is punny. She is just honestly as good as it gets. And she is also Love Honey Canada's representative. And so without further ado, I think we should get it started. Joining us is the Luna Matadas, Love Honey Canada's expert. But before you were Love Honey Canada's expert, you were just my buddy. Yeah. I was just your your butt. My good friend. That will be the title I will introduce you with. <laughs> Luna Matadas. All right. So you've been representing Love Honey Canada. They've moved over to Canada. They came from the UK. They're a massive company, uh, one of the biggest in the world, maybe the biggest in the world now, according to their press release. <laughs> <laughs> and they've won multiple awards from the Queen. I've won no awards from any Queen. And I'm not going to say I'll down. I'll give you one. I'm not going to say down with the monarchy. <laughs> Does does that mean that the queen has utilized their toys? If you win an award from the queen, is that what it means? I mean, I would think so. Season That's four. the interpretation I understand. <laughs> Season four of The Crown. The Crown. 
<laughs> the queen gets freaky. Things get awkward. <laughs> Going to get some emails about this, and we haven't started. Yep. Uh, all right. So, Love Honey, they are in the business of sexual happiness. They obviously retail a broad, broad range of sex toys, so all the different brand names, but they also have their own line. Can you tell us your favorite current sex toy? Because I know it changes all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's a, such a hard question because like there's so many different toys and it depends on your mood and what you're you're kind of feeling at the moment. And so for me, one of my go-to favorite toys is the Greedy Girl Rechargeable G-Spot Rabbit Vibrator because it gets your outsides, it gets your insides. So the internal clitoris, the external clitoris are getting all the kinds of stimulation that I can do with one toy instead of having to have multiple things or to switch things up. It's so much more ergonomic than previous versions of, of rabbits that we've seen. And so it's got the, the curves, but it also has a flexible rabbit outside so that, you know, if your clit, my clit might be a different length away from my hole than your clit and your hole. And so we want that flexibility. We want that ability to kind of just do it for our bodies. So it's cute and it has a cute name. And, and it's all black. And it's a good size. Love it. Love it. Okay. So the Greedy Girl by Love Honey. And I know they make a couple of Greedy Girls. They're, they're both branded Fifty Shades of Grey. One is a G-spot vibe and one is a thrusting vibe. So if you're more into the thrusting and you want that kind of in and out motion along with the clitoral stimulation, that's your girl, the Greedy Girl. Yes. All right. Um, yes. We have so much to talk about because... You're going to be telling me all about sex trends across Canada, the kinkiest cities, the cities that are most into certain types of sex toys, outfits, fantasies, all that jazz. Before we get to that, I want to talk about butts and erections because I was reading on your Instagram the other day this post about how you maintain an erection while receiving butt stuff because there are so many reasons why during butt play, despite intense pleasure and arousal, you might actually lose your erection. So let's start there. What are some of the reasons why you lose an erection while you're enjoying butt play? Yeah, I'm so glad you want to talk about that post because it was actually a question that we got submitted to us through the plug podcast by Bvibe. And someone really wanted to know how can I keep my penis erect? Because every time I'm stimulating my anus, it goes soft. And so is there something wrong? Is there something I can do? And we think that this was such a, a good question to start to talk about anal anatomy, about pleasure anatomy, about penis stimulation versus anal stimulation. And I think a lot of the messaging that people with penises get is that if there's no erection, there is no sex, there is no pleasure. And, and so it's this confusing message about the pathway of our body trying to discover, take up space and engage in another erogenous zone like the anus. And so it might just feel different. It might be a different kind of stimulation, a redirection of stimulation. Your focus might be on the anus and not on penis pleasure. The sensations might feel different, but pleasurable. And so if it's not moving towards the kind of penis stimulation that usually leads to your orgasm, your mind might also get involved in that and kind of be like, oh, like, are we doing this thing? It feels good, but is it going? In, you know, to the orgasm goal. And so it can mess with your confidence, but also detract from the pleasure that is available through the anus. So whether you have an erection or not during anal play, that's fine as long as things feel really good for you. Prostate stimulation also might feel super, super intense. And that just might be a distraction from penis pleasure. But if you do want to, if you do want to try and keep it hard while you're doing butt stuff, you can practice. And so when you're masturbating, 
masturbate with your penis and then switch over to your anus and then go back to the penis, go to other erogenous zones, making sure that, that you are allowing for both pleasure to exist in the moment. And one is not necessarily competing with the other, but you're just kind of flowing between the two. You can also try just enjoying the butt pleasure and seeing where that takes you. You know, you don't have to have an erection. You may not get an orgasm or you may get an orgasm and really trying to even discover prostate pleasure for yourself through internal anal stimulation using a sex toy. Prostate massagers are really helpful for that. So you can do hands-free stimulation to your prostate with a prostate massager in you, and you could then be freeing up your hands to give yourself penis pleasure that you like. Okay, all of these options, um, and I think people feel so much pressure, right? We have this idea that there is one way of knowing that I'm turned on, right? And we get in our head. It's the same thing, you know, if you don't get wet. People think, well, I am, I I thought I was really turned on, but I'm not wet. And I'm, you know, trying to tell them that you can be super turned on and dry as the desert, which is why we sell lube. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Just keep it on hand. All right, in addition to talking about butts and erections, you are kind of the, I don't know if you're the queen of pegging. I don't know if you can give out awards or anything. God, I want it if there is one. Yeah. Well, once you're the queen, apparently you can give out sex toy awards. So cool. <laughs> let's let's talk pegging because you teach about pegging on your website, lunamatadas.com. You have so many different workshops and courses that people can watch at their leisure, including workshops and webinars on pegging. So can you help us understand pegging? What is it? How do we even get started? Yeah, yeah. Pegging was a, a term that was coined by Dan Savage in the early 2000s, and he wanted to help cis heterosexual men who were interested in anal play have a a vessel, a name, a fantasy to be able to engage in it to combat a lot of the external and internal homophobia around butt play for men. And, and so since then, we, we've expanded that definition of pegging. I mean, anybody can strap it on. Anybody can engage in a fantasy of strap-on play, whether it's giving or receiving, whether you have a factory-installed penis or not. But when, when we're talking about pegging as a fantasy, it still refers to this idea of mixing up who's giving and receiving. It might be a way to engage in anal pleasure, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's about a, a penis in your butt or a penis-like dildo in your butt. It could be about non-phallic dildos. It could be about fingers and thrusts. But it usually is referring to penetration of the ass of a a cis man by somebody who doesn't have a penis. And what's awesome about it is that it sometimes opens up a place for people through this fantasy to engage in an activity that they had a barrier around. So if they're feeling like, oh, like, what if this makes me gay? Or what if my partner thinks I'm less masculine? Having a fantasy to contain the desire to the activity, it allows you to actually just take up more space in the sensation. You know, pegging my might feel really good. It might feel really hot to see your partner do something to you in a way that that they don't normally do. For the person who's giving, it might be a way to switch up power or to switch up giving and receiving or to play with gender or to affirm gender. So there, there's so many different iterations of it. When you're getting started, it's awkward. <laughs> sometimes the butt's not in the mood. Sometimes your strap-on is floppy. You might have to try a bunch of different harnesses to figure out where you want to start with. Everybody's eyes are are always bigger than their booty hole when they're starting. So they're choosing like <laughs> fist size, you know, kind of dildos. And we really want to, to stick to something that's just a little bit bigger than the thumb. If the thumb is all you could get in their bum when you're pegging, you can, you want to go up a little bit bigger. And sometimes it's connected to people's fantasies, but we don't want to go so big that we actually might cause injury to the anus. Especially if they're brand new at it. So I'm thinking about 
different toys on the market, different harnesses. What would you say is the best harness for beginners? And it doesn't have to be a particular brand, but like, would you wear it around your waist? Would you suggest more of a thigh harness? So, and maybe just tell us what a harness is as well so people sure. can start looking. And I know Love Honey sells a huge variety. And also we carry the Love Honey products at tsc.ca as well. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different kits that you can buy. So it's such a good question to discern, you know, which one is, is good for you when you're getting started. A harness is something that is going to hold the dildo onto your body and it's usually a hands-free experience. So the most popular harnesses are pelvic harnesses. So they strap around you like kind of jock style underwear or g-string style underwear. Then you've got panty or underwear harnesses that are more fuller coverage, but they sometimes aren't as great for beginners because the dildo is a bit more floppy. There's not as much tension. There's not as much adjustment to the body. If you're just getting started, I think a jock style harness is, is the best kind. So it's a pelvic harness and it's got two straps over your butt so you can really tighten it against your body. And the, the biggest mistake I think a lot of people make in a beginner when you're putting on the harness is you don't know where to put the penis. You don't know where to put the dildo. So you're trying to, I had somebody come to me in, in a coaching session that was wearing the harness on her lower belly, like kind of below her belly button. And I was like, but that's not where your penis would go. Like, it's like we gotta we gotta shift it so that it aligns with our hips where the power is gonna be coming from. If you're plus size, and there are plus size harnesses on Love Honey's collection, because the adjustments might be different depending on your body. If you're like me and you you have a tummy, sometimes the the dynamics between somebody else's body and your body might mean you can't get close enough for penetration. So you can switch that up with positions, or you can use something like a thigh harness. A thigh harness is really good, especially if you have any challenges with lower back strength or mobility or flexibility because there's more power in that thigh. Okay, so in a thigh harness, you're wearing it around your thigh and they would perhaps sit on your lap or you could approach from behind or what would you suggest for the thigh harness? Yeah, either of those are fantastic. I really like um, kind of a scissoring position. So you're it's an alternative to missionary where it's on your thigh. So your thigh is slid between their thighs. They're on their back and your other leg is over their thigh. So you're sort of straddling their thigh and thrusting because you get lots of skin contact. You get eye contact. It's important to be in positions as beginners where you can see your partner face because if they're saying you know yeah everything's fine but their face is all like mashed up and you know it's like everything's okay it's great keep going you know that's I can't trust that so I want so to see it right don't take one for the team <laughs> well what positions do you recommend for people who are brand new to pegging because oftentimes with any anal penetration if you're new to it we talk about the penetrated partner being in control of the rhythm the angle the speed the depth so what positions would you recommend for beginner pegging yeah, yeah. I think a modified doggy, so sort of a, a head down, bum up for the receiver and a pillow or a sex cushion underneath their pelvis. Because I think porn tends to show doggy, but doggy, you're holding so much strength and tension in your body to hold yourself up as the receiver. And we want maximum relaxation. So position that pelvis over the pillow and allow your partner to kind of just sink into what's happening. Uh, another great one is the person who's receiving being on top so that they can control the, the depth of penetration. They can go as fast as they want. They have the benefit of, of gravity, of easing and relaxing their sphincters in that position. And then these positions apply for all types of anal, whether you're using a phallus, a dildo, a factory installed penis, as you put it. And uh, folks, you can definitely go back and listen to some of our episodes on anal sex, like the basics of what to eat, what kind of lube to use, how to get to know your sphincters, how to do your training in the shower. And we have multiple episodes you can go take a look at as well. All right. Now, how do we choose the phallus? How do we choose the dildo, the toy? 
Yeah, I think the the receiver should be the one who gets to choose the toy, who gets to choose what's going to go inside of them. You want to look for a dildo that is firm on the inside, but flexible on the outside. So sort of cushy on the outside, firm on the inside. Things like glass dildos are not going to be great for pegging. They're too firm. They're not going to really work with the body as a beginner. You also want something where you've got a rounded head. And so the the tip is is not pointy. Um, You don't necessarily need the rim that is on more biological looking dildos and that's more for g-spot stimulation but if you have a smoother dildo that's going to be a smoother first experience right not one with a bulbous head yeah bulbous that's no veins required no veins you don't need no veins no (laughs) (laughs) and you you said to start with something the size of your thumb so i know love honey has their ignite butt plug which is about the size of my thumb that might be that's quite small but it's probably a good thing to train with and then you can work your way up they actually have kits that are specifically for strap-ons that come in multiple sizes and for some reason i feel like they're all purple i don't know if that's just in my head that the versions that i've seen are purple but so many of them are purple Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Anything else we should know about pegging? Like we know that you need to do training of your butt. We know that you need to use lube. We know that you need to be aroused. Anything we've missed here? I think you've covered a lot in terms of how to pick the equipment and position yourselves. Yeah, I think that the communication is so important before, during, and even after. And so before we're talking about like, where are we going to get to? What's our fantasy? What's turning on about, you know, is it is it a mean kind of mood? Is it a sensual pegging? You know, I'm really not making assumptions around what kind of vibe based on what I'm interpreting about pegging that my partner is is going to want to experience. And then I think for the, the giver, we often think that the giver has no pleasure in strap-on play, that they're just giving the, the person who's receiving, but there's a lot of pleasure to be had in the giver. They're surfing the pleasures of your partner. There's physical pleasure. So there are some dildos or strap-on vibrators where they've got an internal piece that can stimulate the G-spot or an external piece that can stimulate the Um, external part of the clitoris. So talk about what you two might want to get out of it and take the pressure off of it happening the first time that you do it. It's probably not going in. And so play with those other energies, have the Ignite butt plug in there and just thrust against your partner's butt and let them feel what it's like for you to thrust onto them with something in their butt. And so just enjoy whatever the booty holes in the mood for. Love that. Like the first time I had sex, we couldn't get it in. Not you and me. Like the first time I actually did it. Not with you. I was like, I don't remember that being the case, but maybe I maybe I blocked it out. Or Hopefully, I... Hopefully I, it wasn't like a matter of, you're not in. No, 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 I'm in. No, 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 I'm, I'm in. We're good. I'm, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. I got what I need. Thank you so much for that. So some great insights on playing with the butt from pegging to playing on your own to prostate play, losing an erection, getting an erection, all that jazz. Now I want to talk about a big part of why you're here, and that has to do with Love Honey's Sex Map of Canada. So Love Honey collected data from over 1,900 towns and cities from coast to coast, data on sexual desires and fantasies and favorite toys. I'm just going to start at the top. Well, I don't know if it's the top. It's like the West, but the, the top in terms of categories. Kinkiest city in Canada. Can I can I guess on that? Okay. I feel like somewhere in Quebec <laughs> or or East Coast, like Newfoundland. Do you know what I mean? Why are those your guesses? Like, what, what is it about those places? I just, um, you know, French people, you know, maybe enjoy <laughs> trying new things and trying something a little different. 
I don't know why I'm saying it with a sultry voice. Uh, and not even a French accent. Not even. Well, because, yes. <laughs> I feel um, very attracted. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to develop like a croissant fetish. <laughs> and... and and the East Coast, I don't... They're just fun-loving. They're just... They like to party. I feel like... Yeah. I've never been on better flights in the world than flights to the East Coast. Because no matter what, like at the bar in the in the airport before you leave, people are buying each other drinks. And it's not like just people are like, oh, they're just buying you drinks. No, all the guys are buying everybody drinks, buying each other <laughs> drinks. And they're just so friendly. And then it's the same thing on the plane. I've never had people, you know, when you used to have to pay for drinks on the plane, I, I've never had flights where people would be offering to buy drinks all around. And they'd be like buying for the row. Uh, the East Coasters are just like generous friendly people but i wish i had a sound because actually the kinkiest city in canada was revealed as lions bay british columbia a quaint yeah a quaint residential town on the over on the west coast somewhere so why why would this be why would this little tiny residential town be so damn kinky average age 90 (laughs) 90 and they just want to get the they just want to get freaky yeah, that checks. I think that, that checks. checks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised too because they were like number one in butt plugs and bondage, and I think number three in other anal toys. So they're like <laughs> killing the anal category. <laughs> I mean, I always assume that maybe there's just nothing to do other than like be kinky in small towns. Whereas the other perception is, oh, maybe Toronto or Montreal or or Vancouver, where there's lots of opportunity for sex clubs or things like that. But um, yeah, that would be that would be my guess why they're they're getting so kinky. They're this is their form of socializing. <laughs> right. Well, why not? Well, when Brandon brings up age, one thing that comes with age is changes in the way our bodies function sexually. And when it changes, we have to get away from the scripts that we were assigned, you know, from our younger younger years, and we have to expand our horizons. And oftentimes that means trying new things where something that began as a problem actually the solution becomes something that we wish we had discovered decades ago. So maybe these retirees are saying, hey, this isn't working in the same way, so let's try this other thing. I want the extra large paddle and the flogger and the riding crop. Yes. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, other trends that we're seeing in this survey, dildo molding kits. So Canadians are increasingly curious about creating our own personalized vibrating dildos. So Love Honey has a clone, a willy kit. It's about $60 Canadian, but we probably can get some discount codes. And it has everything you need to make a cast of your own penis or your lover's penis. Yeah. How cool is that? (laughs) I actually think it's really cool, especially for that price. Because I remember like being down south at some party or something and they were doing casts of your body, but it cost a gazillion dollars. This is something that you can do at home. There's not a bunch of weirdos standing around watching and it's just it's fairly affordable. So that's kind of cool. Another trend that they've sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I thought it was so cute because especially during the pandemic, like let's say you were having long distance play or you didn't have access to your partner as frequently or something like that, to be able to clone their penis and send it off to you so that you have it. I think it's such a creative way to get connected in, in another intimate way with your partner. Yeah, or if you're just really pissed at them and only want their penis, you can keep it in your bedside drawer while they sleep downstairs on the couch. Oh my gosh, Please you... make sure you have the correct mailing address before sending <laughs> it to your partner, though. 
Okay, I have something we all have to try. We have to do like a like a clone of Willy inception so that the person whose penis it is, we strap on their dildo version. How about that? Oh, so like you're getting screwed by your own penis. Yes. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Yes. But Brandon Brandon's eyes look a little shifty right now. My mind blown. <laughs> Okay, I like I like that one. Okay, let's talk other trends. So they also found that folks are now searching more for quiet sex and masturbation toys. So that makes sense. I think like nobody is out of the house. Like the, even the teenagers are home early. The kids are in bed. There's you're trying to just get it on in the afternoon while your partner's on a Zoom meeting. Quiet sex toys make sense. And I know you know like the womanizer toys tend to be fairly quiet. Super quiet. Um, yeah. There's another one called the Ioba that's fairly quiet. Yes. Uh, we're seeing also just more people generally searching for fetish and bondage wear. Actually, can we talk a little bit about that? What's do you, How would you define a fetish versus a kink? Yeah, I think a fetish kind of comes from the language that we saw emerge out of religion. And so religion, we're fetishizing certain objects that were believed to have some kind of divinity or special power in them. And so they evoked something in people. And so then for, for people who have a fetish, it's usually about a non-sexual thing or a thing that wouldn't necessarily be considered sexual. So saying you have a breast fetish is not really a fetish, you might just really like fetishes. Some people need their fetish for, for sexual arousal. And so it's really connected to, I can't get aroused without high heels or feet. Um, and other people consider their fetish just something that is, is really exciting for them to to participate in that is connected to a erotic thing, but not necessarily sexual. So latex, rubber, boots. Okay, and, and fetish wear, what's your favorite thing? Like where would people start if they want to explore fetish wear? Yeah, I get really excited when people want to explore fetish work. I'm all into decorating your naked. I think it, it was such a huge confidence boosting thing for me as a plus size person to be able to get into lingerie that wasn't a baby doll, that wasn't, you know, trying to hide my body. Instead, it was like, let's expose it, decorate it. And Love Honey's got a great plus size collection. It's great to see retailers starting to cover more sizes and be more size inclusive. So you can be that naughty nurse. You can be that, you know, uh, schoolgirl costume. You can be that fireman or whoever you want to role play as. And I think fetish wear helps people see themselves in a different way. So you can pivot into a kind of different sexual confidence that you might not have as you day-to-day -day you. You get to behave as someone who belongs in a cat suit or someone who belongs in a vest or leather vest or things like that. And so it, it can help with that role play it can help with the confidence and it can help with the playfulness you know really kind of just like letting go and feeling comfortable to get into that childlike imaginative vibe with you know this adult sexual reward yeah absolutely for role play just dressing the part can kind of change your mood change your tone yes um, help you to exude a confidence that maybe isn't your own but it is kind of like living within you somewhere and i was reading in, in this survey too that montreal they say that the most popular fantasy search for in Montreal has to do with French maids and butlers. So they basically <laughs> want to be themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I am my own fantasy. <laughs> okay, guess who's into which city was nurse uniforms was like the top fantasy. I don't know, but please pay nurses more. That's just what I have <laughs> agreed, to say. <laughs> pay nurses. I can't speak. I'm going to say that again. Pay nurses fairly. Okay, which city for nurses? I'm going to go with the... Uh, Regina, because it rhymes with fun. I, I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking Calgary for some reason. I don't Ooh, know why that, that okay. popped into my head. No, it's Charlottetown. <laughs> Charlottetown. 
Okay, so we need to <laughs> yeah. give a little context for folks who maybe aren't, you know, Canadian. So Charlottetown is over on the East Coast Super on small. Prince Edward Island. <laughs> yeah, very, very small, very close to where Anne, Anne of Green Gables yeah. was filmed. So if people are familiar with Great this connection. story. Great connection. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just saying one. the whole world knows Anne of Green Gables. No, I believe you. It's just not where I went first. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go, I went to Potato. <laughs> <laughs> And lobster. Of course, food. <laughs> so Charlottetown, okay. Is there any explanation for why that may be? Is there a shortage of nurses there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And I, I wonder if it had anything to do with kind of the, the medical stuff that we've just been seeing for, for the last two years. And maybe they really took to it and and sort of eroticized the, the fantasy of, of nurses or medical care providers. Who knows? Okay, I have to ask about our city. What about Toronto? Yeah, so Toronto, the searches were leaning towards male masturbation. So lots, of, we've seen great improvements in sex toys for penises, I think. I think we used to just be stuck with um, some kind of disposable sleeve type masturbators. And now we're seeing like really the guy braiders are, are kind of coming out. So we're seeing things that are stimulating in ways that are similar to blowjobs or hand jobs, but then adding fe- features like vibration or warming. So there's some really cool toys like the Love Honey Headmaster Vibrating Blowjob Stroker. And so apparently Toronto's loving this stuff. Toronto's really, really into this. But I mean, Brandon's in Toronto, so that could have skewed the results. All he does all day is search for masturbators. That's what I figured. Even though the house is literally full of nothing but sex toys. I know. There's just... (laughs) (laughs) There are hundreds of sex toys here and they're just constantly being shipped here. Okay, here is something that really surprised me. So the kinkiest province in Canada, what do you think it would be, babe? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to what I was saying before. I think like Quebec or, or East Coast. Are those the only two provinces you know? It, well, and the I East just, Coast isn't a province. No, I know the East Coast isn't a province. I understand. Well, I'm just throwing it out there at all my East Coasters. I, I think, yeah, I would have said Quebec or I would have said Newfoundland. I associate the prairies as being not very kinky, but mm. I hear Luna's point about maybe, look <laughs> at my assumption. Have you not n- seen Little House on the Prairie? True, It's the kinkiest true. show ever. Yeah. Michael Langdon. Michael. <laughs> Laura Ingalls oh, Wilder. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I wish? I wish we could find the American equivalents to give people some context. Because Toronto, I would say, is sort of like Chicago. Okay, yeah. and no people are going to disagree with me, but I'm just going to super generalize. A Vancouver is probably more on the West Coast, like, say, Seattle. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I think so. What What is Montreal? Like, it's not New Orleans. Is it like New Orleans? Maybe. That's what I would have said, but yeah. Okay, the French influence. Okay, yeah. the kinkiest province, according to the Love Honey sex map of Canada, is... British Columbia. What? No way. So, hang on. No. So actually, actually, when we've gone out for the taboo shows in the, the sex shows in Vancouver, people really get into, they really get into the show. Like in the evenings, they come out in cosplay. Like mm-hmm. they like, they actually, they like to party. Yeah. Lots of fetish wear. It's actually an, really an incredible show. It's coming up at the beginning of February 2022 in Vancouver. And folks, it's honestly, it's such an amazing show out there on the West Coast. It's down on the water at Canada Place. So I'll be posting about that. But here, here's the thing, folks. The least kinky province was Quebec. Explain that, Luna. You have I, some explaining to do. This is your data. I know. <laughs> I am just as surprised. Like when when Brandon said, you know, Quebec might be one of the the kinkiest ones. I thought, yeah, like that makes sense to me. I don't know why. Like this European 
influence or a more laissez-faire attitude. Maybe there's more time for play and eroticism. But I, I wonder if, I don't know, maybe there's just like too much good food. And so they're- yeah. <laughs> And wine. Like, yeah, they're already happy. <laughs> like, Here's what I think. So this data was taken in early 2020. I think they already had all the kinky stuff already. They're like, oh, they had already stockpiled it for uh, the pandemic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so they didn't need to buy anything else. Yes. Um, does anything surprise you in terms of the trends we're seeing because of the changes that, you know, we've undergone in terms of lifestyle and working from home over the last 18 months? Yeah, I have been really surprised in people's interest in bondage and really seeing how many people are into restraints and especially rope. I think I think a lot of people got into rope. And so this combination of something like I think bondage is so sensation rich and also really creative, especially if you're doing something like rope, you're positioning the body, you're creating aesthetic beautiful things. So I wonder if people had an opportunity to actually slow things down and look at more erotic things or combining erotic things with more overtly sexual things, like maybe the go-to sex they're already having and, and just saying, okay, well, Hey, I want to go down on you. I love going down on you. How about we tie your hands up, you know, to just really kind of mix things up. And how do we make sure that we maintain some of that curiosity and mixing things up as the world transitions back to our new normal? Yeah, I think it's so easy to get into a rut. I think it's so easy to just go with what works and, you know, we're tired, we're busy, we're stressed. But making time for exploring and being curious about pleasure actually adds to those rewards. You'll have deeper connections, you'll have deeper play, you'll have deeper relaxation if we we keep it interesting. And so as soon as it becomes a chore or obligation or, wow, I haven't had sex in six weeks, you know, that's, that's also a sign that you've disconnected from the pleasure potential to yourself. And so you haven't really been feeding yourself pleasure either. So doing things like, I actually really love suggesting a, a sex toy shopping date. So going online together and picking something. So picking something that you would like your partner to use on you, or that maybe you want to put on a show for your partner and then your partner doing the same thing. And so kind of bringing out these vibes of self-pleasure, but also how self-pleasure can feed into partnered pleasure is pretty awesome. I also think that just sharing fantasies. So saying, Hey, like, you know, I heard about foot fetishes. Like, what do you think about that? I don't know if I'm into it, but, and having conversations that are not about obligation to do the thing, but just, what do you think about it? Is it weird? Or, you know, what kinds of things are you interested in? I really appreciate that. So I like actually the sex toy shopping date, but we don't have to buy anything. It won't cost us any money. We can literally just come down to the office because the truth yeah. is I haven't tried all of them. Like I know yeah. I'm supposed to try all of them, but I think recently I got like a hundred new toys in the mail and there's only so many days in the year. I mean, yeah. I think you two working with Love Honey, you must have received some big boxes of toys. Yeah, I'm still working my way through through them. They're like all lined up for different dates where we're going to keep it <laughs> spicy you know? <laughs> right, exactly. And so you have your favorite toy today, but your favorite toy might be something different in a month. And that's kind of what, yeah. what makes or it Saturday. Fun. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, I love this. I'm so interested in the data for the American cities. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. If folks want to see more information about the map across Canada, the sex map of Canada by Love Honey, it's at lovehoney.ca. And of course, they have a plethora of toys and props. And as you said, lingerie, kink options, bondage options, fetish wear uh, in all sizes, and they're shipping across Canada. So do check them out at lovehoney.ca. Luna Matadas, of course, is Love Honey Canada's expert and my favorite, my absolute favorite. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on your podcast. Please bring me back again. Anytime, anytime you want. Are you kidding? We can kick this guy out of the second chair. You can take over. <laughs> or, or even better, I'll leave and you two can do it. Uh, you can find out more about Luna and follow along lunamatadas.com.
Thanks so much for being here, Luna. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Always fun chatting with you and Luna. I'm just laughing in the background if you can't hear me. (laughs) And thank you for listening, folks, wherever you're at. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.